Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. We are streaming live during Thursday night football between the Packers and the Cardinals. We are breaking down the Week 8 NFL game previews with my man, Christopher Benavides. Last week, he was subbed in by his brother, Alex. We had a great episode. Chris is back, though, for this week. We're going to get into the Week 8 game previews we're going to split the episode we'll come right back at you after that for the tck pod listener league for those of you interested in those updates chris had the week off man how was the bye week for you, you get healthy i did get healthy yeah i got my rest uh, i don't know if you heard i got a, a fractured shin similar to uh similar to my man gibson no, i'm just kidding i'm uh, i'm actually totally healthy unlike gibson unlike gibson <laughs> unlike gibson unlike yeah gibson. it's been it's been tough man it has been uh antonio gibson's been tough because you got to play him some of these players out there you know like know. you'll take 40 percent of antonio gibson over pretty much any other running back so you got to play him but uh it has been a bit difficult all right man well let's uh let's cut the fluff here we'll get right into it we got to get into the week eight action we only have two teams on by this week six teams on by last week chris tons of fantasy gold obviously this week we only have the ravens and the raiders out of it we're not going to cover the Thursday night football game, of course, because Bucky and Bob have already done that for us. So let's jump ahead instead and get right into the action. Everybody, please make sure you follow the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast if you have not already. And make sure you follow Chris and the boys and the rest of the crew on the Twitter verse here at the Commission FFP. All right, let's dive right into it here. We got the Bengals. And the Jets, the Bengals coming in at five and two. Jets one and five. Bengals ten and a half point favorites in this one. Over under forty three here. Jamar Chase absolutely on fire. Joe Burrow as well. Your man Joe Main Mixon hasn't been incredible, but could have a nice game here against the Jets, who can't stop anybody. On the other side, Zach Wilson out for a couple weeks. They kick the tires once again on my man Uncle Flacco, but it looks like he will not be getting the start just yet. Corey Davis really the only asset there outside of Michael Carter. How do you feel about the Bungles? and the Jets this week. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Um, the Bengals are, I believe, the best team in the AFC. Is that correct, the way it stands? Uh, tied record-wise, yes, they are the yeah. best team in the AFC North. I know that. Yeah. So, uh, yes, so it's an interesting matchup because obviously the Jets are hurt right now. So you'd think that you'd want to start Corey Davis and potentially start Michael Carter um, for the Jets here. <clears throat> I'm actually feeling that you definitely want to start Michael Carter here, even though... 
uh, right now the Bengals enter the game with uh, allowing 94 rushing yards per game, which is seventh lowest mark in the NFL. But I mean, Michael Carter is pretty much their lone lone offensive option or lone offensive weapon at the moment. So I think you have to fire up Michael Carter as like a low end wide uh, running back two. Um, and then as far as the Bengals go, I mean, I think you start everyone but Tyler Boyd. I think other than other than Boyd, I think you're going to see a lot of offense for all Bengals players here. So that's kind of my uh, my take on on the uh, Bengals this week. You staying in the flames with CJ Ozama? Absolutely on fire the last couple of weeks, but seems to be very boom or very bust. I think you kind of have to, right? I mean, if you because otherwise it's like who who else are you going to replace for him? And I think if you're thinking about a uh, CJ Uzama type, I mean, he's got the highest upside. So why not go for the upside on a tight end position? Fair enough. Yep. All right, let's move on here to the Dolphins and the Bills. Dolphins one and six, Bills four and two. Bills coming in. 14-point home favorites, another one of these massive college-style over-unders we've seen this year in the NFL, 49-and-a-half over-under here. Um, Dolphins, a lot of news, obviously, with the Deshaun Watson conversation, but until anything happens, we're going to look at Tua Tungavailoa as the starter there. You have Jalen Waddle, who's been playing well. Mike Kosicki, top five tight end, potentially moving forward. He's been very involved this year. Will Fuller could be coming back. Miles Gaskin last week, 10 targets, 10 receptions. On the other side, Bills coming fresh off a bye. We know their offense. No Dawson Knox could be an uptick for Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, along, of course, Diggs and Allen. Plus, you got kind of that 50-50 split in the backfield with Moss and Singletary. How do you feel about the Bills and Dolphins? Yeah, so I think you I think I think you have to fire up all Dolphins in this game only because I think they'll be playing from behind most of it. So um, I actually have no problem firing up Gaskin, Waddle, Tua, um, even though the Bills defense is pretty difficult, uh, I think they're going to be just fine in offense from like a, again, from like a garbage time perspective. So from a fantasy perspective, I think you fire up the Dolphins, uh, for the Bills. I think you have to fire up Emmanuel Sanders right now. I didn't realize this, but the dude is averaging a career high 17.2 yards per reception. So he, and you can kind of see the seesaw because Stefan Diggs isn't having quite the year he had last year, although still, you know, effective like seven Diggs can and should be but Sanders is kind of the guy that's taken over here the guy that the guy I'm a little bit nervous about in this game is going to be Devin Singletary uh, it does seem like he's starting to get out snapped by Zach Moss um, he has been out snapped in the last four games just averaging nine carries per game during that span so I think Singletary is kind of the guy you want to stay away from um, it does seem like Zach Moss's backfield and he is the goal line back so um, no problem starting Zach Moss probably going to be sitting Singletary all right Moving on here to the Eagles and the Lions. I say it every week, but the Lions are the best 0-7 football team probably in NFL history, but they are still winless. <laughs> Two and five Eagles here should have had a couple more victories this year, but just can't get over the schneid there. Three and a half point road favorites for the Eagles. This could be a sneaky Detroit Lions first win. I'm just going to throw that out there. Only 48.5 oh, um, over under. I say only because there might not be no defense in this game. We'll see what happens uh, in this one here. So Eagles, of course, Jalen Hurts, 20 fantasy points plus in every start of his career. Miles Sanders out for a couple weeks with the ankle sprain. We got Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott splitting the work there. Goddard looked great by himself. Jalen er, and uh, Devonta Smith is a nice option there as well out of the uh, receiving core. On the other side for the Lions, you got to start swift. I think my man Jamal Williams is an afterthought at this point, unfortunately. TJ Hawkinson. Looks like he's bounced back after a knee injury the last couple of weeks. He's been hyper-targeted recently. And in the uh, 
pass game there, I mean, it, it seems to be kind of a, a roulette wheel there. I'm not really comfortable with any of the wide receivers for the Lions, but how are you feeling about Philly and Detroit? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's funny that you say that they're the best 0-7 team in history. I agree with you. They are a very talented team. We've talked about this on the Commish podcast a few times. They're competitive, if nothing else. Yeah, exactly. I I think there's I think they're talented. They just they're just I just feel like they're either they're like they're too young or they're just for whatever reason they're just not putting a full four quarters together. Um, and I guess this could be the game, but I just think the Eagles are talented strictly because Jalen Hurts is much better with the ball in his hands than I think Jared Goff is. So I don't really know which way to 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 slice this game up. I can see it kind of going in a number of directions. Um, I will say that the guy I'm probably feeling most comfortable with is Devonta Smith. Right now, Detroit is giving up the fourth most receiving yards to opposing wideouts this season, um, and that goes along with an average of 15.7 yards per reception. So I actually do think you'll see a lot of Hurts to Smith type of work this game. Um, but then it come, you know, can in that sense, Swift be sort of the balance for the Lions in order to kind of you know keep this game even and, and maybe give them the win, uh, the, the edge in the win this week. All right. Hang on there, Detroit Lions fans. I think the future is bright, but it's going to be a tough. You. It's going to be a tough turnaround there. I know. All right, Panthers and Falcons. Panthers coming in three and four. Falcons three and three. Falcons three point home favorite four forty six point five over under in this one. Panthers again three and zero oh with Christian McCaffrey. Zero oh and four without him. DJ Moore has come back down to earth. Robbie Anderson twenty one targets the last two games, about four receptions. Um, you can't get him going, unfortunately, which is just baffling to me. Uh, <laughs> Hubbard's been just fine in a replacement role, but he's not even Mike Davis, and yeah. I don't think Mike Davis was that impressive last year. So you have to start him because he's a running back, but he's more of a flex to me than like an automatic RB1 or RB2. And on the other side for the Falcons, I really am excited for, obviously, Kyle Pitts, back-to-back 100 yards, and he's, he's just now blossoming, which is nice to see. Calvin Ridley, he has 10-plus targets average but he is not getting the receptions i think he's due that could happen this week versus secondary and then on the other side it's not mike davis it's going to be cordero patterson for me in the backfield i like matt ryan as a streamer as well carolina atlanta yeah dude it's a tricky game to sort of assess i don't know what version of either team you're going you're going to get the falcons are obviously playing a lot better pitts is turning it up like you just mentioned the panthers are not playing good at all so it's really difficult to assess what game you're going to get you're kind of meeting two teams that have presumably like flopped places in the, you know, from the start of the year to now. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, they're up against each other. So, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I think you sit Mike Davis. Um, Cordero Patterson is the guy in the backfield. He's taking all the red zone work. He's taking the, the goal line work. He's taking the passing work. He's taking all the work. Sit Mike Davis. Uh, and then the other guy I think you sit this week is going to be Robbie Anderson. He has seen a respectable nine targets in week seven, but he's just turned those into three receptions for 14 yards. The dude is not really, I mean, I don't even know what to say. He's like, he's like less than efficient or less than inefficient, whatever, whatever an inefficient wide receiver is, he's worse than that right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like, you, you can't like script this. Um, DJ Moore is even taking a hit right now. I mean, just Sam Darnold's is not, not doing it. Um, we had someone on our IG page at the commission FFP on Instagram. And he's like, you know, it's, you know, Sam Darnold. He's actually talking about Geno Smith as well. He's like, you can take the guy out of the jets, but you can't take the jets out of the guys. So that's the way it's the way it is right now. Yeah. It's a bummer. And it's, you know, we've had a lot of this like post Adam Gase situation, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Sam Darnold to start the season, Robbie Anderson last year. Um, but unfortunately it just isn't happening. And, Robbie Anderson doesn't make sense. Like, there's no excuses for it. Like, he's I getting know. open. He's getting yep. mad target. I mean, 11 targets two weeks ago, nine last week. 
He's getting the targets, played very well last year, played well with Sam Darnold and the Jets. Um, the offense just isn't the same. Nobody's afraid of the run game no, because Christian never. McCaffrey's gone. So they can back off and now they can cover the the wide receivers and the schedule has tightened up as well. So tough sledding here for the Panthers. Started on or started three and oh. They've now are 0 and 4 over the last four. All right, let's move on here to the Rams and the Texans. Yikes, you don't see much more lopsided than this one here. Rams six and one, Texans one and six. Rams are 14 and a half point road favorites. Chris, I don't think, unless it was a Buccaneers over under this year that I'm not thinking of off top, I've never, I don't remember seeing a professional over under of. 14 plus points from a road team. This is pretty uh pretty extraordinary here. 47 and a half over under, which is bad news for the Texans because if they have the Rams winning by two touchdowns and it's 47 over under, they don't have the Texans scoring more than maybe two touchdowns. This one could get ugly in a hurry. For the Rams, you start your studs. I love Henderson's start of the week here. Stafford, the only issue with Stafford and really all these weapons is what the Cardinals did last week. They get up early, they start smashing, and then they kind of run out of time to have to like put up points. So you just yep. have like dud numbers because they run out of time. Stafford, Henderson, Cup, even Woods and Higby, I think are all automatic starts this week. And of course that Rams DST on the other side for the Texans of Terod T- Taylor plays. I would sit him unless you're in a super flex league. And Brandon Cooks remains the only one on the Texans that I'm remotely interested. Also, if you missed it somehow at this point, now you have Mark Ingram, who has been shipped back to New Orleans. So he's no longer in the backfield. So there's a little bit more opening for David Johnson and Philip Lindsay, but I'm still not interested in either of those guys against the Rams this week. Yeah, so the only thing that I would consider, um, I just want to touch on David Johnson briefly. So the Rams right now are giving up the six most, most receiving yards to running backs. They've let up 364 yards to running backs this year. Uh, and Johnson has starting to see some targets. He had six targets uh, in his last three games, um, and he's already scored a receiving touchdown this season. So you could it's a possibility that if you are in a deeper league and need a flex player and you have David Johnson on your bench, this actually could be, a scenario where you know the Texans fall behind early, they have no more Mark Ingram, David Johnson's in the game, and he gets a lot of dump off work. So again, game script dependent, but this could be the game script David Johnson needs to kind of give you a bit of a boost this year, or I should say this week. Totally agree. All right, let's move on here to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns. Steelers coming off the bye three and three. Browns at four and three. They get Nick Chubb back. Kareem Hunt still out. Baker Mayfield questionable at best, but he might be out as well. Could be Case Keenum also. OBJ. Also banged up in this one. Landry comes back last week. Decent performance. Dearness Johnson dominated on Thursday Night Football. We'll see if he has a role this week with Nick Chubb coming back on the other side. Steelers, Big Ben is a super flex play at most. Deontay Johnson is a must play. He's getting you know double-digit targets every week. Chase Claypool, nice deep option there. And then Najee Harris, of course, with his volume there as well. Chris, this should be a should be a fun game. And again, both of these teams all of a sudden looking up, not only at the Ravens, which you can understand, but at the Cincinnati Bengals, both of these teams need a win here. And and they're okay. But if the Steelers lose, they're sub 500. If the Browns lose, they're at 500. Neither one of those squads expected to be here halfway through the season. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's going to be a tough matchup. I don't know which direction it's going to go. I'd probably give the edge to the Browns just because they're at home. Um, but I don't know, man, it's really difficult to say the, the one guy I'm kind of looking for, for fantasy purposes this week is going to be Jarvis Landry. So right now Pittsburgh is giving up the fourth, fourth most PPR points to opposing wide receivers a season. Um, and they've let up nine receiving touchdowns. So 
they're not, I mean, they're notoriously known for having a good defense, but just this season, they really haven't put it together. Um, and I, and you could see some, you know, some glimpses and flash from Jarvis Landry, who's, uh, you know, two weeks healthy, I believe at this point. I totally agree. Let's take a quick break here. We got the Titans and the Colts coming up after this break. We're going to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Carafactor. Chris and I will be right back. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carafactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, let's get into the Titans and the Colts. Nice divisional rivalry here. Five and two Titans, two incredibly impressive wins over your Buffalo Bills and then the KC Chiefs last week in a dominant performance. And the Indianapolis Colts bouncing back here after a rough start to the season. Three and four. Colts are one and a half point favorites at home. I am not buying that personally. 51 point over under one of the highest on the week here, Chris. On the Titans, of course, the Derrick Henry show. But Ryan Tannehill and your boy AJB have finally woken up. Julio, if he's healthy, he can obviously contribute. But it's been really rough getting going here so far. On the other side for the Colts, Carson Wentz has played very well. Jonathan Taylor is unstoppable. Michael Pittman is starting to burst onto the scene as well. So there's a handful of quality weapons in this game. Yeah, um, I actually don't mind the line, to be honest. I know that the Titans are coming off of some some good wins here, um, but I think they caught the Chiefs at the right time. The Chiefs are playing about as bad as the Chiefs have ever played in their entire lives. And, um, you know, and, and so I think what we're seeing here is a Tennessee Titans team that have just caught some really good teams at like bad moments um, and, and came up with wins. The Colts are actually getting hot here. I like Carson Wentz and how he's been playing lately. Um, and right now the Colts defense is ranked fourth against the run. So I think this is going to be a true test to see how good the Colts defense is really against uh, against Derrick Henry this week. So I'm not expecting, <laughs> it's crazy to say, I'm not expecting 150 yards from Derrick Henry, which is not like a facetious thing to say when you talk about this man. So Only uh, 140? Yeah, maybe like 140 instead. So, uh, so the only guy that I'm really concerned with this week is going to be Julio Jones. Um, so right now, Julio Jones has yet to score a touchdown this season, believe it or not, and he's averaging a career low 60.2 receiving yards per game. Um, the dude is just not, I, don't, I just really hate to see it because like we'd expect like, of course, a lot of work because he's Julio Jones, but man, I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know if it's just, yeah, he's just the end of his, end of his, uh, tenure here as a, as a NFL football player, but I'm sitting, uh, Julio Jones. It's primarily the injuries. It has to be, um, yeah. Because we saw in week two that he dominated on the scene. I mean, he had like 12 targets or something in that game, and he was absolutely vicious. He just – he's had this hamstring issue for a couple seasons, and he yep. can't – he just can't get right, Chris. It's its absolutely a problem. We talk a lot about Derrick Henry. 
uh, Jonathan Taylor has you know, blew up my Niners. He's yep. been on fire. 83-yard run the other week that wasn't even a touchdown. Naheem Hines has completely fallen back. Marlon Mack probably going to get traded here pretty soon as well. Um, Jonathan Taylor is a must-play. Yes. But which running backs, Chris, just kind of in a bubble, which running backs are you playing over Jonathan Taylor? He has to be quite far up the list, I would imagine. I mean, yeah, in terms of like on like the, in general, this this week, Saquon's out, CMC's out. You know, you have uh yeah, you have the Raiders and the Ravens on by. I mean, what running backs are ahead of Jonathan Taylor this week? For me, the only ones I could think of are Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, yeah, maybe Aaron Jones going into this game. Maybe um, Zeke, but barely. Maybe Zeke, maybe Najee Harris, but they're all no, kind of yeah. in that same no. level. He's got to be top five, I would think, all of a sudden. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and right now, so just the, you know, as far as PFF has the Tennessee Titans graded, they're they're currently ranked 24th against the run. So, I, you know, this is like, you know, this is Jonathan Taylor uh, territory as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And game script wise, every team tries to do it, but it's hard to do. But if any team could do it, it's the Colts. They have a similar run game, so you can keep Henry off the field if you either run up the score or you keep the ball in your hands, and that's what the Colts are going to have to try to do against their AFC South rivals. All right, Chris, let's move on here. Jaguars and Seahawks, one and five Jags off the bye. Seahawks, two and five. Of course, if they had Russell Wilson, I'm sure they'd be at least 500, but nonetheless, two and five right now. Seahawks, three and a half point favorite at home. Over under 44, not much of a score there predicted by the money lines. Jaguars coming off. The only one I'm really interested in in casual leagues are, is going to be James Robinson. LaVisca is not LaVisca. Marvin Jones I always love, but he's kind of hit or miss. And Trevor Lawrence is strictly a super flex stream, in my opinion. On the other side for the Seahawks, it's DK Metcalf. I know he only had the two catches, whatever, but he is the one getting the work um, right now from Geno Smith. Tyler Lockett is a desperate flex play. He's nothing more, in my opinion. Alex Collins even is somebody I'd be looking to go away from if you can. Again, last week we had six teams on by, and we had like six top 15 running backs. This week we have Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and whoever's the starter for the Ravens. Not much more difficult. So I don't think you even have to play Alex Collins if you didn't want to. And personally, I may not. Um, just because the efficiency isn't there. He's strictly based on volume. I don't like that too much. Yeah, I agree with you. This is kind of a tough game to uh, to assess from a fantasy perspective. I mean, Alex Collins kind of talked about him. I mean, so, so the Jaguars have given up eight rushing touchdowns on the season, which ties for second highest in the NFL. Um, so you could see a lot of sort of groundwork uh, out of the Seattle running back, Alex Collins, and he could end up being a nice flex play. Bro, I am very nervous about the wide receivers for Seattle. I know that DK seems like a must start, but I might even go so far as if you're not in a deep league and you, you have like a short bench and you can have a better option, I might consider it until until Russell Wilson gets back. I know that he has always that upside of scoring touchdowns, but without the touchdowns, I don't know that you're going to get a good game. So I don't know. I don't know where to play him. I mean, he's playing the Jaguars, so maybe they do find something, uh, a little bit of life here, but... Gino's not cutting it, dude. And it sucks because I thought Gino was going to be a good quarterback coming coming out and, uh, you know, putting up some numbers against the Rams uh, with the way he did off the bench. So just the shame that he's not uh, he hasn't, uh, you know, taken to the taken to the offense. It's interesting. Sometimes you see the backup quarterback come in in relief and like the adrenaline of the game, the flow of everyone rooting for him and like the teams hyped and whatever. Yeah. A lot of times they actually do well in relief. And then they get like the full week of starts, the full week of film, number one, whatever. And they just kind of like fade out a little bit. And I think it's so much of that is like game flow adrenaline. And like, this is my shot. 
Like, yep. you know, my man Nick Mullins was like famous for that. He come oh, in relief yeah. <laughs> and he crush and then he'd be named the starter and then <laughs> fall <laughs> off a cliff the next the next week, dude. It's yeah. it's interesting how that happens. Okay, let's move on to the Patriots and the Chargers. Your Patriots three and four, Chargers four and two off the bye. Chargers four point home favorites, 50 point over under. Mac Jones playing quite well. Jacoby Myers still yet to have his touchdown, but he is the number one there. And Damian Harris seems to be a, a must-start every week as long as Bill could trust him. He's even fumbled a couple of times, but still able to get those uh, touchdowns, which is obviously almighty in fantasy football. J.J. Taylor had two touchdowns as well, though. So Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch. I'm not really sure what that was about. On the other side, though, you start your studs. I know that Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, for their standards, they've had quote-unquote down weeks. It's a bye week. The Patriots have been playing well, but it's not the Patriots of old. I think they're going to be just fine. This is a get-right game for the Chargers. Um, this would be a fun one, man. I'd be interested to see you and Alex sitting on the same couch. <laughs> Alex is a Patriots fan by heart, but like a new Chargers fan. You're a Patriots fan forever. Yeah. I wonder how the how the rooting interest would go in this one. Well, it's funny because I also have Austin Eckler in the home league, so I'm like high key hoping that he has a game. Yeah. <laughs> I will note. I will note this though. Uh, Austin Eckler came up with a hip injury. So, uh, and it's a new, it's a newer injury. So you have to monitor that. Hopefully he, uh, you know, can pull through it and plays for everyone. But yeah, dude, it's going to be an interesting game. The Pats are going across country. It's a pretty far trip for them. Um, it's really difficult to say because last year, I'm pretty sure the Patriots gave them a freaking spanking and it was, you know, dominated. Bill, yeah, it was the Bill Belichick rookie quarterback curse, uh, except this year, Herbert's not a, uh, not a rookie anymore. So, um, I expect the Chargers to come out, you know, off the buy and, and just play a lot better. Um, the Patriots, from a fantasy perspective, again, you are right. You have to settle your studs on the Chargers. The Pats defense are playing well, but again, they, they're, they're, there's enough holes in that team. They're not particularly good against the run. I think Austin Eckler, if he's healthy, will give them an absolute headache. On the Pats side, I think 100% you have to start Damian Harris. He's gone back-to-back -back games with 100 rushing yards and one touchdown, so he's a lock. He's running back 16 in PPR. He gets yeah. zero passing work. So right. just to put that into perspective of how dominant he's been on the run without any passing work at all. The only guy that I'm worried about who, I, who I've who i loved this season, I'm really pulling for him to get a touchdown, is Jacoby Myers. He's yet to score an NFL touchdown. He had his his sole touchdown. He found the end zone, get taken back over a holding call uh, it was like last week. So right now the Chargers are relatively dominant against um, the passing work that they've let up the fewest PPR fantasy points in that position to wide receivers. Um, they've allowed the fewest receptions at 66 and the fewest receiving yards to opposing wide receivers. So Mac Jones will probably have his hands full this week against the Chargers and going across country, playing a, uh, you know, a good offensive team. Um, you know, I, I'd like the Pats to keep it close, but it could get out of hand. Something I just thought about, which is just kind of weird, but it took Tom Brady more than 20 years in the NFL to play a game in Los Angeles somehow. Yeah. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones is doing it in like week eight. I think this yeah. is uh I just think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> All right, let's move on here to the Bucks and the Saints. The Bucks six and one. The Saints, the Bucks are a very strong six and one. The Saints are, I think, kind of a facade four and two. Um, yeah. they've, they've gotten away with a couple. They're more of a 500 team right now. They don't seem to be dominant. If not for Alvin Kamara, just absolutely beasting. Um, I, I think they're barely a 500 team personally bucks. This is like the most reasonable favor they've had all season, maybe four and a half points on the road. Mind you 50 point, 50 and a half point over under for the bucks. You start your studs. 
AB doubtful again this week, not out yet, you know, at, at time of this recording, but probably looking out, he's doubtful now with that ankle sprain. Brady's a lock. Mike Evans is a lock. Three touchdowns last week. Chris Godwin's a lock. Gronk, I don't think, comes back. If he does, you play him. If not, O.J. Howard's a streamer. And on the other side, for the Saints, Jameis is, I mean, Jameis is a super flex option. I would not stream him in 12-team leagues. And Alvin Kamara, obviously, is a start. Other than that, though, nobody, I know Callaway's had some some ups. You know, Jawan Johnson's had some ups. I wouldn't be starting anybody other than Alvin Kamara. Although, I will say this, I know he's older. He's long in the tooth. He was kind of a joke in Houston. But if you can roster an extra person, it might be worth putting Mark Ingram on there because he is the clear in the number two. He knows the offense. Sean Payton loves the guy. If Taysom Hill remains out, he could be that goal line back, if nothing else. Just keep an eye on Mark Ingram as well back in New Orleans. Yeah, I couldn't really I can't really add much more to what you've already said. I think um I think you kind of hit on all the points. Mark Ingram is an interesting play if you do want to, you know, position yourself as a as a running back flex spot, but yeah, you got to fire up all your bucks. And then, um, I, I mean, you could see this as being a high scoring game. Like I'm not surprised it's 50 and a half over under. Um, you could see a lot of points being scored. That's the thing about the, the, the saints, man, they come out flat some games and they just don't put up a lot of points. And then sometimes when they're trying to play keep up, they do. And this could be a game because the bucks defense isn't really playing that great. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you could see some, uh, some Jameis Winston magic, some, you know, chalk it up towards the end zone. And somehow someone comes up with it a couple of times. We shall see. I think the Buccaneers will be uh, plenty prepared for Jameis antics if it goes that way. Chris and I have four more games to preview. We'll do that right after this break. Here's a word from our friends at Jersey Jungle. Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? myself? You need to check out the Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. You can use a promo code TCK for 10 percent off of one or two jerseys 15 percent off of three or more jerseys now if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons you know that my backdrop if you're streaming live with us on video you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys those jerseys are coming from the jersey jungle they're high quality stitch and twill jerseys i collect nfl jerseys but i'm also a baseball Guys, so I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the websites. They're high quality stitch and twill game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right. We got Washington football team and the Denver Broncos. Washington football team at two and five. Denver Broncos at three and four. The Broncos three-point home favorites. So pretty much an even line, and then they get that three-point boost. 44-and-a-half point over under. For the Washington football team, you mentioned Gibby's shin. That's an issue. If he starts, you start him. But I'm worried about him. I think, you know, J.D. McKissick could be a, a flex position if you need to. Tyler Heineke, I think, is a streamer as well if you are hurting at quarterback for some reason. And then on the uh, Terry McLaurin's a must. And Ricky Seals-Jones, also a nice streaming tight end option. On the other side for Denver, 
50-50 with the running backs. I still side with Javante Williams. I start him every single week in a league that I went zero RB, and he's been just fine, scored last week, could again this week as well. Wide receivers, Jerry Judy is coming back. So Jerry Judy, I fire up in my lineups. Cortland Sutton, I'm firing up as well. Tim Patrick has a backseat now. Noah Fant, a nice streamer there. Not really worried about Teddy. Bridgewater, how do we feel about Washington and Denver? Yeah, um, I think the only two guys I actually am worried about is Ricky Seals-Jones and Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, the 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 tight end for the Washington football team happens to be going up against a pretty stout defensive matchup um, in the Denver Broncos against tight ends at the moment. So right now, uh, the Denver Broncos have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points in a PPR format to tight ends. And I just, man, I Heineke is a little, he's a little all over the place. Like some games he plays well, he plays like a stud, he plays like, you know, he's, I don't know, like he looked like, like last year when he was in the playoffs against the Bucks, like he's leading the team and, and Ricky Sills Jones seems to be benefiting from that. And in other games, it's like Heineke isn't really producing the way I would expect him to. So while Ricky Sills Jones has been a nice flex option up until late, I just don't think this week's going to be the week against Denver. And then Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, I do like Sam Darnold. It's like the two of them had fast starts and then, you know, seemingly are not looking as good over the last three weeks, you know, tossing up five interceptions. Um, he's taken nine sacks. So they're not protecting him very well. Um, he's currently ranked, I think, as the quarterback 19 um, over the course of, I think, the last three to four weeks. So, yeah, I guess in deeper leagues, if you need a, a you know, super flex type quarterback, I guess you look towards Teddy B, but I'm probably going to stay away from him. Likewise. Let's move on here to the Bears and my 49ers. Bears three and four. Uh, disgusting display last week against the Bucks. 49ers likewise against the Colts. Three and four Bears, two and four 49ers. 49ers, four-point home favorite. Yikes. Uh, I can't even um, be excited about that, unfortunately, as a fan. 39-and-a-half over-under for the Bears. Um, I mentioned earlier uh, I do a guest slot for my man um, Mike on the ESPN New Jersey uh, every Thursday, and he asked me how I feel about the wide receiving core for Chicago, and I basically said Allen Robinson is droppable in 10-team leagues. You should keep him on your bench in 12-team leagues, stash him in 14 and 16, keep him in dynasty because I think he either gets traded at the trade deadline or after the season, although they did put the franchise tag on him, so they probably won't let him go cheap. And then on the other side, Odell Beckham was the other name that he had mentioned as well. But for the Bears, it's tough. Mooney is already the number one, and he's barely usable. Robinson's been dreadful, obviously. I like Fields long-term, but not right now. Khalil Herbert is the only option I'm interested in for the Chicago Bears. On the other side for the 49ers, it remains Jimmy Garoppolo. It was muddy. It was whatever. We'll make excuses all day long, uh, but it wasn't very impressive. Debo Samuel remains the number one guy there. That's fine. You play him. Brandon Ayuk, nowhere to be found. George Kittle still on IR, and it's going to be Elijah Mitchell out of the backfield. So honestly, out of all of these so-called weapons preseason that we we're excited about, Chris, I'm literally only firing up Khalil Herbert and Elijah Mitchell. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you on the backfield, and, and then I would – continue to fire up Debo Samuel um, from, sure. a pass, from a passing perspective. But I agree with everything you just said. Uh, this is going to be a shaky game from a fantasy perspective. But Khalil Herbert and Elijah Mitchell actually could have very nice games. So uh, definitely fire them up in in uh, as you're sort of running back two slots. Um, Chicago is, you know, 
for obvious reasons, they're they're averaging the third highest rushing percentage in the entire NFL because, well, they just can't throw the ball at all. And then Elijah Mitchell, you know, he had a hot start. And then in general, the entire scheme around this, the 49ers is based around a strong run game. And he's that guy. So, um, so yeah, I think you could see a lot of Elijah Mitchell this week against the Bears and, you know, a, a good sort of, let's say, complimentary passing game from uh, Jimmy G to Devo Samuel. I agree. Hopefully the Niners can get it going here, but uh, tough team all around. I'll take the under on 39 and a half. Question for you, Sky, before we move on here. From a de- for for defensive leagues, are you uh, are you confident in playing the Bears defense against the 49ers this week? Not the Bears defense, but I'll play the Niners defense versus Chicago. Fair enough. Okay. Moving on here. Sunday night football. Dallas Cowboys and Minnesota Vikings both off of the bye. Five and one Cowboys, three and three Vikings. Cowboys one and a half point road favorites. 55 point over under highest on the week. There's going to be a lot of, or should be, I should say, a lot of scoring in this game here. Dak Prescott technically questionable here. I expect him to play. If he doesn't, this is obviously a completely different conversation all the way around. Let's assume he plays. If he plays, I'm going Dak. I'm going Zeke. Pollard is a flex if you need him. Lamb over Cooper, but Cooper and Lamb you start. And of course, Dalton Schultz, who's been on fire as well. On the other side, you start your studs for the Vikings too. Kirk Cousins. Dominant fourth in the NFL against man coverage. The Dallas Cowboys play man coverage on 41% of the time. I like Kirk Cousins a lot in this one. Dalvin Cook, of course. Madison, not so much. The comparison with Madison and Pollard for fantasy makes sense because they're high profile handcuffs, but they're not at all equal when it comes to NFL usage. Tony Pollard has a role with the Dallas Cowboys no matter what. Madison does not if if Dalvin, Dalvin Cook is healthy. So I sit Madison but I can flex Tony Pollard. And then I'm going to go with Thielen and hope for the touchdown upside. Of course, Justin Jefferson. And then I know Conklin's fun is a streaming tight end. We've wanted that, but not really into it. If you're in a deeper league or you need a, a you know deeper flex or maybe DFS, take a look at KJ Osborne. He's the distant third on this team, but there's going to be so many points in this game, so much opportunity. He might get a deep one there if you just need an extra name to spice it up a little bit. Should be fireworks in this game, Chris, on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. So the one thing I actually will note, I think the line might have moved like literally in the last like two hours because uh, Minnesota, I'm looking right now on ESPN, they have Minnesota favored now, two and a half. So this line is going to continue to swing back. I think that's a DAC thing. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think this line is going to continue to move until Sunday night, until like literally kickoff. Um, as far as you know, as far as the 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 layman's man's terms is is it's pretty much a toss up as far as I'm concerned. So, as far as a f- from fantasy, dude, it's really difficult to say because Minnesota. So right now they're graded fourth highest defense in PFF at the moment, but they're also graded the fourth highest passing attack in PFF at the moment, and they they've they've had some really tough losses. Like I know they're three and three, but they lost to the Bengals, lost to the Browns, and lost to the Cardinals, all of which are really good teams. Two of them, arguably, maybe two of the best in the NFL, right? Well, they also lost on like last second field goals that could have gone one way or another. Exactly. So that three and three record is a little bit deceiving. Um, And I, you know, the Cowboys, like, I don't know if they're going to come out flat. They're playing in Minnesota. I can actually see a game where like it could take a while for Dallas to sort of get their footing and then they kind of come alive maybe towards the middle to the end of the game. Uh, I don't think they're going to hit the over in this game, actually. The, you could see a lot of like late points, but I just don't think they're going to come out um, as sort of on fire as we expect them to. Um, they're a 5-1 team, but we've not really seen them challenged, I think, in the sense that the Vikings are going to challenge the Cowboys this week. So 
I think you're going to start. I think you're going to see the, the Cowboys come off a little flat. I'd probably not start Amari Cooper if you can't avoid him. Uh, uh, you got to start Zeke. You got to start Lamb. Um, you probably got to start Schultz. On the Viking side, yeah, Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, probably Cousins. I, you know, you, you feel comfortable starting Cousins, although he hasn't been playing as well lately. You have to start Cousins. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit weary as to where this game's gonna end up. Kirk Cousins in primetime has been difficult, but he is my quarterback stream of the week this week. I think he's gonna be just fine. 24 fantasy points in six of his games this year, and I think he's gonna be just fine. All right, let's talk about your boy here, Daniel Jones and the Giants up against the under 500 Kansas City Chiefs. Two and five Giants go into Arrowhead. Three and four Chiefs. Nine and a half point favorite still for Kansas City. 52 point over under. Daniel Jones is a nice streamer this week. Ryan Tannehill and everybody else has shredded this defense. I like Daniel Jones as a, as a streamer. You can still ride Devontae Booker as an RB2 flex position. Whoever starts it at wide receiver for the Giants, I mean, I guess you can it's throw Kadarius them in as Tony. a flex. Yeah, Kadarius Tony's Shepard. If we can get any of these guys healthy, Slayton, Galladay probably still out, then you can potentially flex them, but not incredibly excited about any of them unless Shepard or Tony are definitely 100% healthy. And then Evan Ingram, I'm going to scratch if I, if I can. On the other side for the Chiefs, I know it's been rough, but Tyreek Hill is still the number two wide receiver in fantasy football, and it feels like he's been a complete dud lately. He's still the number two PPR fantasy receiver. You start Mahomes, obviously. You start Kelsey. You'll be just fine. And Darrell Williams, again, you're gonna you're gonna fire him up uh, as as an RB two here with uh, these other guys out for the Raiders and Ravens. So Giants, uh, Chiefs. I don't think the Giants win this game, but we haven't thought anybody was going to beat the Chiefs, and they have been upset multiple times. Mahomes at home in prime time, though. I think this is a get right game for the Chiefs. Yeah, you you'd hope so. Uh as much as I want to see the Giants win, I like life feels off with the Chiefs being this bad. So um I just think that they need that get right game. This seems to be the time to do it. But bro, if they don't and they lose to the Giants, I mean, it's gonna be, I mean, they might burn that stadium to the ground. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you say at that point. Um, the Giants will likely be paying will be playing catch up. So I actually agree with you. Like it, Kadarius Tony, as far as as far as I can see, he's in, he's healthy. He's gonna be playing. Shepard's still questionable, but I think he's gonna be playing. Um, I think you see a lot of Daniel Jones on the ground this week. He's been dude. Did you see mm-hmm. that catch last week? He made yeah. he pulled his uh, Odell Beckham Daniel Jones catch. Um, my man's is a good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. He runs it. He can throw it. He does it all. He catches it. Uh, I think you fire up this week against the Chiefs, man. They've been playing terrible on defense. So, yeah, go ahead and fire up Daniel Jones. Um, and then, yeah, you, you mentioned everybody in the Chiefs. Fire them up and just hope for the best. And, and uh, you know, we actually might see a lot of points this game. That catch added two and a half points to Hell his yeah. PPR total, Chris. Right? <laughs> I mean, exactly. get a catch, 15 yards, move the sticks. <laughs> so, for those of you who are, who are a bit I mean, he's, he's no he's no Nick Foles, but I, I mean, mean, that was a hell of a grab. But he's better than Tom Brady, let's be honest. So uh, <laughs> so for those of you, just to add a little context here, I won't take too much time here, but uh, Sky was a guest on the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. We did a Commission Debates episode where I argued in favor of Daniel Jones topping off at quarterback 18. Josh, our, our uh, one of our co-hosts on the Commission Podcast, argued against me. Um, it was this big debate. It's still a debate inside the league. Josh wishes nothing but the worst to Daniel Jones, and I, wor- <laughs> I, w- I wish nothing but the worst onto Josh. 
So that's kind of how we've laid it out. Love that. The infighting on the commission podcast is something, uh, something you don't see these days. It's a nice throwback to uh, the true sense of brotherly love. Oh, you yeah. love to see that. Chris, that wraps up all of our week seven action. We do have one question here in the, uh, from the Twitch community, our man 510. Stream Cousins or Jones, both in primetime. Again, Cousins at home versus the Cowboys. Jones on the road versus the Chiefs. Stream one of them, Chris. So you got Cousins or your boy DJ? I'm probably going to stick with DJ, dude. I, again, I think they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be throwing it. I, I Something tells me he's going to be running the shit out, shit out of the ball this week. Like I, I think he's going to find some open lanes. Um, You know, again, I just, I just don't think it's a little bit of that, but it's also like cousins hasn't really been playing great. Like, so for example, we kind of wrote this in the playbook, um, which we haven't talked about much on this episode, but for those of you who uh, follow the commission and you get the playbook, it's our free newsletter. Our opening this week was talking about Carson Wentz in the last four weeks, or I should say since week four, Carson Wentz is 19.5 points per game has outpaced Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. So while Kirk Cousins has played decently overall in um, from fantasy perspectives, lately he's not been as good. So I really I, mean, I just feel like Daniel Jones is going to get something going here against the Chiefs. They just haven't been playing well. Though they'll, they'll get right in the sense of a win, but that defense has massive holes. I think Daniel Jones exploits them. So I'd go Daniel Jones this week. All right. Of course, you got the rushing upside there as well. Again, I had already mentioned Kirk Cousins, my start of the week this week, in the implied total of 55. And while Daniel Jones is going to have a lot of opportunity, they most likely will be playing from behind. Um, Daniel Jones has been taking care of the ball the best he ever has in his career this year, which is great. The Chiefs, the the energy of a full arrowhead, they need a win. This is Mahomes in prime time. They just got embarrassed. He got beat up. I think they come out gangbusters and honestly slap the Giants around a little bit. <laughs> and this could be a this could be a two sack fumble um, interception game for Daniel Jones. I just like have a gut feeling that uh, you know I don't want to hate on Daniel Jones. It just feels like this is a Chiefs you. get right game. And again, yeah. if it isn't though, Chris, there's real panic in Kansas City oh, with yeah. the expectations, obviously. But um, I'm going to stay away from Daniel Jones and I will go with Kirk Cousins there. So five one zero, always appreciate you jumping in here with us and uh, giving us your feedback. So we are split, unfortunately, with you um, there, Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Chris, before we get out of here, man, we just kind of blazed through, and I think it's best to do our picks at the end instead of stopping the flow there. So let's sure. blast through it again really quick here. I'll give you two teams. You give me the winner straight up. Bengals, Jets. Bengals. Bengals as well. Dolphins, Bills. Bills. Bills as well. Eagles, Lions. I'm going to say the Eagles here. I'm going to go Lions. What the mm. hell? Why let's not? do it. Panthers, Falcons. We go Falcons. Falcons as well at home. You'll be in the you'll be in the uh, hot Atlanta here pretty soon as well, which will be exciting. Yes, uh, Rams, Texans. That's Texans easy, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, let's go with the Rams. <laughs> All right, likewise. Steelers, Browns. I'll stick with the Browns this game. I'm going to go Browns as well. I think Nick Chubb comes back, and I know it's a Steelers run game, but Chubb's going to be just fine. All right, and then we'll go uh, Titans, Colts. Trap game. I think the Colts pull this one off at Ooh. home. Yeah. Ooh. Um, Tannehill and AJ Brown have turned it on lately. Plus Derrick Henry. They shut down the Chiefs somehow. They're going to shut down the Colts. I'm going to go with the Titans. Okay. Jaguars, Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Jaguars. Man. Off the <laughs> bye. In, yeah. You know what? In Seattle, cross-country trip. That's as far as you can go from Florida to Washington. Um, I'm going to go with Seattle at home, but it's going to be ugly. Patriots, Chargers. 
I'm gonna the I'm gonna the I'm gonna the Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Chargers, but I actually I have a I have a bet that the Pats cover this one. So, all right, Chargers win, Patriots cover. I'll take that. I'll take the Chargers as well at home. Bucks Saints. We'll go with the Bucks. Bucks as well. Washington football team, Denver Broncos. Uh, I'm gonna go Washington football team. Yeah, this is kind of a pick 'em too. I'll take Denver. Denver at home. Um, neither one of these teams has been up to snuff, but that Denver defense has got the edge right now. I'm going to take uh, Denver in a close one. Bears Niners. I'll take the oh boy. I'll take the 49ers here. God, gross. I will too, but basically out of obligation. <laughs> Cowboys Vikings Sunday I'm night gonna, football. I'm going to the Vikings here. I like that. I would. Well, they're both off a bye, so that's not an excuse. Um, I just think the Cowboys have too much firepower. Although, if Dak is not 100%, mm. could have trouble here. If Dak plays, I'm going Cowboys. Otherwise, it's a cop-out, and I'll go with the Vikings. Giants-Chiefs. Bro, I'm going to go with the Giants. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'm doing it. Do it. All right. I, I, you know, if this was in New Jersey, I might actually go with the Giants. Uh, but in Arrowhead, again, Arrowhead, Monday Night Football, Mahomes, these guys got to get right. This secondary can't hang with with uh, the Chiefs, in my opinion. Um, it may be a lot closer than Kansas City wants, but I think ultimately <laughs> they get the W, so I'll take the Chiefs there. All right, that wraps up our Week 8 NFL game previews. Chris and I are going to take a quick water break. We'll be back on the next broadcast for the TCK Listener League breakdown. Chris, for anyone not tuning into that one, please remind everybody when they could find all of the commish content. Absolutely. Yeah. Go check us over at our social handles at the commish FFP on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, obviously on all notable podcast platforms, the commish fantasy football podcast. And of course, go sign up for our newsletter on our website, www.thecommissbrand.com forward slash the dash playbook. Sign yourself up. It's a free newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday. Free quality content. Go get it, y'all. We'll be right back. This episode and all episodes of the TCK pod have been brought to you by Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online AG. I want to give a shout out to Carefactor and the Jersey Jungle for the sponsors of the show. This is episode 485. Chris and I will be right back with you. Former man Christopher Benavides and the Commish Fantasy Football Crew. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. We'll catch you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.